Welcome to an inspiring message from Pastor Gillian Cameron, lead pastor of Arise Church in New Zealand. We know this message will encourage, inspire and empower you. I believe that God has placed a prophetic word in my heart and in my spirit that I want to share with you tonight. I really believe that this is a season where the Lord is speaking to us and saying these words, prepare to pivot, prepare to pivot. And that is what I want to talk to you about right now is the need in our lives for us to be willing to embrace the change. You know, to pivot is a business term. It's a term often used to mean that they're going to shift direction, that they're going to change where they're looking, that they're going to take on a new perspective. But I believe that for the people of God, this is actually our terminology, that we need to be willing to embrace the change, that we need to be willing to embrace the pivot that is presented to us right now. Look, I realize that right now are very uncertain and difficult times, and we're seeing change like we have never seen in a long time in our generation. This change is going to change the world and is changing our lives right now. But I believe that it is a godly thing to pivot. And so I want to take us tonight through some scriptures, through some people in the Bible, and look at times in their lives when they were made to pivot. The circumstances caused it, or the moving of the hand of God in their life caused them to shift and change direction. And my prayer tonight is that you would be willing to hear the Spirit of the Lord speak to your heart about the kind of pivot that He is needing from you today. So I want to start by looking at what happened to Peter and John and looking in Acts chapter 3 and those scriptures will come up for you on your screen or you can read along with me. Acts chapter 3, I want to have a look at the story of the crippled beggar outside the temple. It says this, Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. So they were going to go and pray. And as they approached the temple, they came across a man who was crippled, who was sitting outside the gate of the temple. When he saw Peter and John, he asked them for money, but they said, we don't have any money, but what we do have is faith in Jesus Christ. And we know that Jesus is what turns our life and our situation around. And so they said, we don't have silver and gold, but what we do have is in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And what happened was that cripple, he rose up right away because the power of the name of Jesus healed him instantly. And I want to encourage us all that we have power in the name of Jesus to apply to whatever situation, whatever tragedy, whatever trial we are facing. We have the supernatural power of Jesus Christ that is given to us to confess over our situation. And this beggar, he leapt to his feet and he began praising God. He was leaping and dancing and praising God. And he went into the temple with Peter and John. Now, Peter and John had gone to pray, but suddenly this crippled man is running around. He's going crazy in praise to God. And everybody, the Bible says, is astounded. It says when they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. But what does Peter do? It says in verse 12, Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. Peter saw his opportunity. You know, the truth is that he had gone there to pray, but he suddenly pivoted. He prepared to pivot and he began to preach. And I don't know what's happening in your life right now, but what I do believe is there is always an opportunity to seize where God can use something in our lives and cause us to pivot and it will work out better than what we had ever imagined. You see what happened because Peter pivoted, it says in chapter four, verse four, 
Many of the people who heard their message believed it. So the number of believers now totaled about 5,000 men, not counting women and children. Now, the last tally we had on the early church was that there were 3,000 that were saved at Pentecost with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We're told that there were 3,000 believers. The next statistic we get is that after this moment, there are now 5,000 believers. I don't know about you, but it sounds like it was an amazing moment to pivot. It was an amazing moment in history to change. See, we're on a journey. They were going to pray, but then suddenly Peter saw the opportunity and he realized, I actually need to preach. Now, I don't know what it is in your situation or in your life where maybe you've been about to do one thing, but the Lord is saying, prepare to pivot because this next thing that you do will yield a far greater return. Yes, prayer is powerful, but in the moment, this preaching was leading to the salvation of many souls and perhaps what the Lord leads you to next you might find a greater fruitfulness and a greater favor on your life and a greater blessing from heaven than you've ever experienced before. And that is mine and John's prayer for you and our belief today that as you begin to pivot, the blessing of God would unfold in a greater measure. You know, look, I, I want to say today that pivoting is godly, that godly people pivot, that godly people change. You see, we're, we're meant to change and grow into the likeness of Jesus throughout our lives. But all through the Bible, Person after person had to pivot. They had to change direction. They had to shift course. They had to stop doing what they were doing and suddenly go in a different direction. And we might all find ourselves in this situation right now. And I want to encourage you, it's godly. It's godly to pivot. It's godly to change direction. See, in the Bible, there was a woman by the name of Esther. And Esther was a queen. She married the king and she was the queen of this nation. And there she was being pampered. She was going through beauty treatments. I mean, it sounds rather marvelous, doesn't it? When we can't go out and see anyone going to sit in the beauty salon and just being touched by other people. Like how amazing would that be? She's getting touched. Like, I just want to hug everybody. I want to grab everybody. And there she is just getting touched by people and with people. It sounds like a dream. There she was being pampered. There she was being pretty. And then suddenly a crisis arises. In the nation of her people, amongst the Jewish people, a crisis arises where an enemy to her people comes and wants to destroy and wipe out all of her people, all of the Jewish people. And what happened is this evil man by the name of Haman, he wanted to cause the Jewish people, the Jewish race to be wiped out. But Esther, Esther has wise counsel from her uncle Mordecai, and she understands that she could make a difference. She understands that if she would see that her situation is not just for her, but that her situation could lead to the saving of many lives, that God could use her in this crisis, that she was there for such a time as this. She could see God do something through her life. And this pampered princess, this pampered queen, suddenly becomes a powerful prayer warrior. She gets on her knees and she asks God for a prayer strategy. She asks God for direction and leading. She doesn't presume. To, to know what she should do. She doesn't presume to know how to save her people, but she presses in in prayer and asks God for his direction. And he gives her a strategy. Have the king over for dinner. Present your request to him. Woo him. Again, wouldn't it be nice to have people for dinner? But present your request to the king and, and get in his ear in a very subtle way. And because of that, the king listens to her. And because of her prayer and her persistence and her ability to hear from God and, and pivot, her ability to change what she was doing in the moment meant that she averted a crisis. 
It led to the saving of many lives. And she's celebrated throughout history right now as someone who saved the nation and many lives. I believe that in the pivot, there is power. In the pivot, there can be greater potential. In the pivot, there can come far greater blessing than what we see even in our lives right now. What about Deborah? Deborah was another person who had to pivot. Again, the nation of Israel was facing siege. They were surrounded by enemies all around. And this woman, Deborah, was known as a prophetess. And she would sit under the palm of Deborah and she would prophesy to the people. She would share what was on God's heart for the people. But suddenly she understood that God had victory for his people, that it was time. Hey, it's time. We can defeat the enemy now. So she grabbed the military leader, the military commander, Barak, and she says to Barak, Hey, Barak, the Lord is saying that the victory is ours. And Barak, rather than just going, cool, let's go, let's go fight the enemy, he says, well, I'll go if you'll go. I mean, Deborah wasn't expecting that. She was sitting there prophesying. She was a judge. She was leading Israel. And suddenly he's like, well, I'll go to battle if you'll come with me. Deborah was a prophetess. She hadn't expected to be sword fighting, to be parrying with her sword, but she has to go from a prophetess to parrying. She has to go to battle. And you know what happens? She pivots on a dime. She pivots on a dime. She says, okay, very well, I'll go. Look, somebody here, it's time to pivot on a dime. It's time to ask the question, what do I need to change right now? See, the godly people, they changed direction, but they did it immediately. We don't want to delay. We don't want to take too long. We've got to act and get ahead of it. Deborah's like, okay, right in the moment, she changes her direction and she changes what she was doing. You know, Deborah had to change in the moment. She had to understand the fight was not what she expected it to be. The fight of prophesying and pushing through spiritually had turned into a very real fight where she was going out to the battlefield. And I want to say to us that the battlefield has changed. Our enemy and our fight might look different right now, but would we be willing to say, okay, I'll go. Okay, I'm going to change. Okay, I'm going to move forward. Okay, things look different than what I thought they were going to look. Things haven't gone how I expected, but okay, I'm going to go with you. I've got that kind of attitude. Another person in the Bible who pivoted was a man by the name of Saul. Now Saul became known as Paul and he was one of the great apostles of the New Testament. And he's written most of the New Testament actually. But he had the greatest pivot of all. He went from being an unbeliever, an unbeliever in Jesus, to being a believer in Jesus. He discovered a God who wasn't who he thought he was. He discovered a God that he'd never known before. And he goes from being a persecutor of the church, putting down the church, condemning the church, criticizing Christians, to being someone who was instead a proselytizer, someone who preached about Jesus, someone who shared the good news of Jesus Christ, someone who so passionately believed in Jesus that everything about him changed. And I want to say to you all today that perhaps your perspective of God has suddenly changed. Perhaps right now it's time to pivot from being an unbeliever, from being someone who doubts God, to being someone who trusts God, to being someone who's willing to come close to Him. Paul had the greatest pivot of all time. And for every single one of us, the greatest pivot that we ever make is to faith in Jesus. Have you thought about the meaning of life? I mean, obviously we're right now being hit with these statistics of death and loss from this disease, from this pandemic. And never before in our Western world, especially, have we faced our own mortality. I wanna ask you, do you know what happens when you die? Do you know where you're going to go? 
Come on, if you don't know the answer to that question, then it's time to pivot to faith. It's time to come out of ignoring God. It's time to stop pushing Him to the outer recesses of your mind and begin to ask the question, who is God to me? And can I trust and come close to Jesus? Because I'm telling you now, He has already drawn near to you and He wants to come even closer still. The greatest pivot you can make is to faith in Jesus Christ. I want to ask you today that perhaps you could make that decision at the end of this message. But before we do that, I want to say today, your pivot for every person, your pivot may include your calling looking different to how it looks before. Your calling can change. See, the calling that you had yesterday might be different to the calling you have today. See, Esther's calling changed. She went from being a queen who was pampered and privileged to being a prayer warrior who was passionate about a nation. And her calling changed. God had put her in that place for a purpose. It might be that your calling changes. Saul's calling changed. He had a calling to persecute and instead his calling became to proselytize and preach. Maybe in the season, in your preparation to pivot, God is saying it's actually your calling as well that is going to change. I want to talk about one more couple of people in the Bible that pivoted. And I think this is a profound story of the Holy Spirit's leading in their season of change. And this is uh, the story of Paul and Silas. So I want to read from Acts chapter 16 from verse 6 about Paul and Silas. And it says this, Next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. Then coming to the borders of Mysia, they headed north for the province of Bithynia. But again, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So instead, they went on through Mysia to the seaport of Troas. That night, Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. And so we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. See, the Holy Spirit sent them instead of going to Asia first, he sent them to Europe first. And I love this because he says, the Holy Spirit prevented me. The Holy Spirit prevented me. What he's really saying is the Holy Spirit pivoted me. I was going in one direction and the Holy Spirit shifted me into a whole new direction. And maybe for believers and maybe for the people of God, this is a season where the Holy Spirit is pivoting us into a whole different direction than what we would have considered before this happened. The truth is that in this crisis, we might just end up finding the place that God is intending for us to walk. He makes us walk on high places. He enables us to walk on the heights. And I believe that this is not a time where we sink low, but where we stand and walk and go further and do greater things than what we've ever accomplished before. You know, uh, for John and I, this season looks very different to what we would have had a season like if we hadn't have ended up in this situation along with everybody else. You know, many things are cancelled. Many of our speaking engagements and trips that we would normally do aren't happening. We can't minister as we normally would in our church. We can't see our church family and we miss you all so very much. We can't be together and, and run physical services. We've had to pivot. We've had to figure out how to lead a church online, how to lead our staff online. We've had to figure out how to film and do all this stuff from our home. I mean, I'm telling you now, it has been a stressful pivot, but we're getting there. We're getting there. 
keep praying for us for that thing. But, um, you know, the truth is that everything we had thought about our ministry, it looks very different right now. And in the pivot, we're doing daily devotionals. We're doing filming in our home. We're figuring out what this looks like in this new season. But I actually really believe that God is going to use this pivot for greater good in our lives. And my firm belief is that he will use this pivot for greater good in your life as well. You know, um, just as a final little note on that topic, I am no longer getting targeted Instagram ads for shoes. I know, it's very sad. Instead, I get targeted ads for film gear. Can you believe it? Our production team, I love you so much. Seriously, you guys are the most talented, anointed people in the whole world, and I want you back in my life as soon as possible. And I don't want any more targeted film gear ads. I would like to go back to the shoes, even though I don't need them right now. Look, I want to say to us all that what we see from Paul and Silas is that if they are prevented, then there is a new destination. And maybe if we've been prevented going somewhere, then God has got another destination. He's got a new destination, an end point where he wants us to go. You know, it might be Europe before it's Asia. We might end up getting to Asia, but we might be going through Europe first. And somebody, it's time to see that the destination that, that where God is leading you might be different than what you had planned, but God is in it. God will be in it if we allow him. Let's invite him to be part of the journey. Let's invite him to lead us and not just make decisions based on human wisdom and human counsel, but seeking the spirit of the Lord. As we lean into the voice of the Holy Spirit, I believe we will end up at the right destination, at the right place, at the right time in his perfect will and purpose for our lives in Jesus' name. You know, um, for all of us, we have to pivot. For all of us, every, every season of our life, we have to pivot. This week I'm pivoting and becoming a school teacher. I don't know about you, but I'm already praying that the schools will reopen. You know, we've seen for businesses and every business owner that's listening to this, you know, our prayer is that in this season of pivot, God blesses you more than ever before. Our belief is that you will find an even greater sense of calling and purpose as this is unfolding right now. You know, I want to share with you what happened to some businesses who pivoted. I think this is so cool. Uh, you know the business Starbucks? Well, Starbucks actually started out selling espresso machines. Crazy. Twitter. Twitter, believe it or not, was a platform for finding podcasts. Crazy. And Nintendo. Nintendo produced a lot of different things, including vacuum cleaners. But along the journey, all of these businesses pivoted. They had a point where they discovered who they were really meant to be. And I believe for every business owner that this could be the unfolding of who you're really meant to be. And that's our prayer, that the true dream, as John's already spoken about today, that the dream that God has for you would not be fragile, but would come to pass. And that that dream would keep you consistent, that it would allow you to pivot, allow you to change. Look, everybody, prepare to change, prepare to pivot in Jesus' name. I, I want to encourage us all that we shouldn't wait for normal. Normal is going to change anyway. You know, we need to be willing and not waiting. Be willing to change. Be willing to move in a new direction. Be willing to allow God to speak to us. Be willing, not just waiting. We are the people of God. We are believers. And maybe if you're not, then believe me right now that our God enables us to change direction. He enables us to hear his voice and move faster. But be willing and not waiting. Be willing to say like Deborah did, okay, I'll go. Be willing to pivot like Peter did and say, hey, there's a whole new opportunity. He saw his opportunity. Be willing to change and be willing to act. Be willing to act. Be willing to step out in faith. And look, it might be a risk. It might be risky because stepping out is always risky. Pivoting and changing is always risky. But I want to encourage you that if God is in it, he will bless it in Jesus' name. In the pivot, what happens in the pivot? 
Well, as I've mentioned, Esther got a strategy when she saw the need of her people, when she saw the plight of her people, she began to pray and get a strategy. The first thing we need to do in the pivot is hear from God. Let's seek his voice and hear from him. Another thing that's really worth doing is getting wise counsel, talking to other people that we trust, trusted advisors. Esther listened to her uncle Mordecai. She had a trusted advisor in her life that counseled her in how to move forward in serving God in this new season. And lastly, be willing to act. I want to encourage us that God will lead us day by day and that his strategy will prevail. Proverbs 16, 9 says, a, man, a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. I want to ask you today, where do you need to pivot? The people of God have always been willing to change course when they needed to. What opportunity exists for you today? Maybe right now, it's time to just listen to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Listen into that still small voice that would speak into your heart and lead you in a whole new direction. You know, God spoke to me at the end of last year and He said to me, the chess pieces are moving. Little did I know just how significant that might end up being. But I believe that if we're willing, we can move with God. See, God is always on the move, but it's up to the people of God. It's up to us to say, yeah, I'm going to move with God. Let's not resist the season. Let's not resist the voice of the Spirit, but let's be willing to lean into what God is saying and begin to move, begin to step out into this new season with faith that is greater than fear, with a willingness to change, a willingness to shift our perspective, as John said, to lift our gaze, to begin to focus on that dream, even in the midst of a season of change right in front of us. And I want to also say that even though we don't know how this is going to end, we don't know when the situation will change, what we do know is that the story of Jesus Christ, we know how the story of Jesus Christ ends. We know that through Jesus Christ and His sacrifice, we have the greatest victory. We know that because of Jesus, we have the promise of eternal life. We have salvation, the free gift of salvation that He gives. If you would like to find out more about Arise Church and Pastor Gillian Cameron, visit arisechurch.com or connect with us on Instagram at arisechurch and at Gillian Cameron.